sung for the first time, and boy, it's been a blessing to me ever since. And I don't know if I've ever heard it sung any better uh, than tonight. I appreciate that. Amen. I don't ever want to get over the day that God saved me. Amen. And boy, what a great miracle of salvation. And boy, it sure is good uh, to be saved by the grace of God. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to Exodus in chapter number 33. Exodus in chapter number 33. It is good to be back with you uh, this evening, and I, I trust that you had a, uh, a good uh, Sunday afternoon, and uh, I, I had a great time uh, with the Smart family uh, today at lunch, and boy, just a, a good meal and good time of fellowship, and appreciate uh, their family, appreciate their friendship, and I, and I, I was asked by several people, did I, uh, did I take a, a nap today? Well, I, I don't know if I took a nap, but a nap sure did take me, amen, and so uh, for a few minutes, how many of you got a nap today? Anybody got a nap? Oh, quite a few of you, amen. How many of you did not? How many of you ticked off about it? I see you raised your hand, amen, and so uh, some of you knew, knew exactly what I was about to say. I've done that before, but anyway, it's good to be back with you. I want to give you a thought uh, this evening and uh, it'll take me just, uh, I'm not going to keep you long tonight whatsoever, uh, but it'll take me just a little while to lay the foundation, and then I, I, I want to leave you uh, with a thought uh, here this evening. Exodus chapter number 33, if you find your place, let's all stand as we take reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Exodus in chapter number 33 uh, this evening. Brother Smart, thank you uh, for once again allowing me to be able to come and always love the opportunity and appreciate the opportunity to be able to stop by uh, Maranatha Baptist Church. Exodus in chapter number 33 uh, tonight. The Bible says in verse number 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto a land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I'll send an angel before thee, and I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And Lord, again, we thank you for the precious word of God. And dear God, Lord, we thank you, Lord. It was the word of God that we heard. And Lord, now that we're saved by the grace of God, and it's the word of God that changes lives, dear God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that it's quick, it's alive, it's powerful tonight. And dear God, there's nothing, Lord, that's wrong with America that the word of God cannot fix. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the precious Bible. And dear God, I pray, Lord, that we've come to church tonight hungry and thirsty to hear from the Word of God. Lord, I don't have uh, any fancy illustrations. Lord, I don't have really uh, any funny jokes. Lord, all I'm going to preach tonight is the Word of God. And Lord, so Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, that you do the work that only you can do. And dear God, uh, I will give you all the honor and glory, uh, Lord, for what you do here tonight. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Allow me tonight to lay a foundation from Exodus chapter number 32, and then we'll be right back here in Exodus chapter 33 here just momentarily. We find in Exodus chapter number 32 that Moses, he goes to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments from God. 
And the children of Israel that were following Moses, they were waiting for him to return back from the mountain. After a while, the people that were following Moses decided that Moses was taking too long, so they gathered all the people together before Aaron. And they said to Aaron, they said, Make us gods because we don't think Moses is going to come back. And we find that Aaron agrees and tells all the people to give of their golden jewelry. From that golden jewelry, Aaron makes a golden calf for the people to follow. We find that God obviously sees what's going on. And may we all be reminded tonight, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And the Bible says that God tells Moses to get back down to the people. God tells Moses, he said, these people have corrupted themselves. God said, they're a bunch of stiff-necked people and I'm going to destroy them. We find that Moses, that man of God, pleads with God to spare the people. We find that instead of God sending judgment on God did judge the people, but the Bible says that God changed his mind and he spared the people. Moses then leaves the presence of God and heads back down the mountain to the people. We find that Moses was carrying those Ten Commandments with him. And as Joshua and Moses are coming down the mountain, the Bible says that they begin to hear strange sounds and wondered whether there was a war taking place. The closer they got, they realized that it was music. When Moses got to the camp, he saw the golden calf and the people dancing around that golden calf. Moses was furious. Moses was mad with rage and anger. Moses threw down those Ten Commandments and broke the Ten Commandments. Moses then takes that golden calf and he burns the golden calf. He grinds it in a powder and he puts it in the water and he makes the people drink the water. Moses then turns to Aaron and more or less asks Aaron, Aaron, what were you thinking? Aaron says to Moses, you know these people are set on doing mischief. Moses then stands in the gate of the camp and he says, who's on the Lord's side? And about 3,000 rejected being on the Lord's side. And the Bible says that they were killed with the sword. Moses then told the rest of the people to consecrate themselves before God. Moses then goes back to the top of the mountain to meet with God and to make an atonement for the people's sin. That now brings us back to Exodus chapter 33 and verse number 1. Let's look at it once again tonight. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people, which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto a land which I, which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Now look at verse number 2. And I will send an angel before thee, and I'll drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Now, if you and I are just reading our Bible, and maybe we just uh, read it quickly, and we read verse number 2 after everything is said and done in chapter number 32, and we read that verse where God said, And I'll send an angel before thee to drive out the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and all those other people. It sounds pretty good that God would even do that after everything's said and done. I, I'm talking about after, after the people go to Aaron and say, uh, we want you to make us a God because we don't think Moses is going to come back. 
And after Aaron the priest agrees to, uh, to take of all the golden jewelry and he makes that golden calf and after the people begin to bow down and worship that idol of that golden calf and they're dancing around that golden calf and after Moses comes back from the mountain and uh, he, he's mad with rage and anger and Moses throws down those Ten Commandments. Uh, after everything's said and done, it sounds pretty good that God would even tell Moses, I'll send an angel before thee. That sounds pretty good. But look at verse number three, look at verse number three of chapter 33. The Bible says, God said unto a land flowing with milk and honey, but Moses, I want you to understand one thing. I will not go up in the midst of thee. Can I say tonight, I'm thankful that God would send an angel before the people to lead the people and drive out all these people. But I don't know about you, I'd much rather have God himself lead me than an angel lead me. And we see here tonight that because of the children of Israel's sin, God said, I'm going to send an angel instead of myself. And may we all be reminded tonight, child of God, when you and I would live our life the way that we would want to live our life, instead of the way that God would have us to live our lives, God will always distance himself from sin. God wants us to be close to him and God wants us to be in his presence uh, but because of disobedience uh, and because of sin uh, it cannot enter into God's holy presence. Uh, think about it with me tonight. For 40 years the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. For 40 years the children of Israel never had to make or purchase sandals. The sole of their sandal never wore out. You know who did that? God did that. For 40 years, manna fell from heaven. Who did that? God provided the manna uh, from heaven. And God did not provide for the children of Israel because the children of Israel were always right with God. God provided for the children of Israel because He's a good God and He's a faithful God to provide for His children. You understand tonight, my friend? May I understand? The children of Israel had all the provisions of God but God's presence was nowhere to be found. And I, I believe many times we as God's children in 2023 uh, there's times in our lives where we become like the children of Israel in regards to God's provision. I, I believe many times we look at it and we see uh, uh, that all the bills are being paid and the car is running fine and our health is okay and the kids are behaving. Maybe at times churches look at their offerings or up and people in the pew and buses are bringing in good numbers and there's no major controversies hurting the church that God looks down from heaven and God is pleased. But could I ask us tonight, could it be that at times in our lives that God is providing for us as his children but his presence is nowhere to be found? Can I say tonight, I don't want to be so wrapped up in the provisions of God that I forget about his presence. Don't misunderstand me tonight. I'm thankful for God's provision. I need his provision. You need his provision. You'd have to keep me around here a long time uh, to be able to tell you of all that God has provided for my wife and I. But I hope tonight if I lost everything tomorrow, I would still desire to enter into God's presence. I hope I would still desire to read this precious old Bible and depend on it to be a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. 
I hope I was your desire to enter into a prayer closet with thanksgiving and petitions on behalf of others. I hope I was your desire to die to this old wicked flesh and depend on it on the Spirit of God that lives in me to lead me and guide me and control me. A child of God, may we understand tonight the God that sits on his throne and the God that is in control of the entire universe and the God that allows our heart to beat and the God that will rule and reign for all of eternity created us for his pleasure and for his glory to walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. And I believe many times we made it some way out there mystery, some mystical thing when it comes to walking with God and to being in God's presence. Can I say tonight, my friend, it's not some way out there mystical thing. I'll tell you how we get into God's presence. God's presence is in the Word of God. God's presence is in a prayer closet. God's presence is at the house of God. God's presence is out soul winning. My friend, can I say tonight, it's not as uh, nearly as complicated as we make it to be. And God desires for you and I to be in His presence every single day. I ask us tonight, dear child of God, when's the last time you sensed the presence of God in your life? I'm asking you tonight to take your mind back 5, 10, 15, 40 years ago when you felt the Spirit of God dealing with your heart and showing you your need of salvation and how you got saved by the grace of God uh, 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 because of hearing the Word of God preached or maybe some soul winner shared the gospel with you. And you remember you when you sensed the presence of God in your life, that very moment you got saved by the grace of God. But I'm thankful tonight as a blood-bought child of God, that's not the only time we have to sense the presence of God. We can find out what it is to be in the presence of God day by day. I ask us tonight, when's the last time we didn't rush through reading the Word of God, but we actually took time to hear from God and to enter into His presence? When's the last time we prayed and we accessed the throne room of grace and we felt the presence of God? When's the last time our eyes opened in the morning and our hearts and our minds We're not looking at emails and checking the bank accounts and scrolling through social media, but our attention was being in the very presence of God. Uh, Tonight, I want to give us four blessings of uh, of being in God's presence, and then I want to close tonight with four truths about being in God's presence. Uh, That's just a fancy way of telling you I got eight points for you tonight, amen. Uh, Let me give us, first of all, the blessings of, of being in the presence of God. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 95. Look at Psalm 95. This is simple tonight, but I, but I promise you tonight, my friend, if you and I could get a hold of this, it, we, we would find out what it is uh, to, to sense that revival fire in our hearts day in and day out. Look at Psalm 95. Can I say number one tonight? Number one, the first blessing of being in the presence of God, number one, you'll have a thankful heart in God's presence. Amen. You'll have a thankful heart in God's presence. I guess what I'm trying to say is for the child of God, Thanksgiving doesn't just have to be the last Thursday of November, amen. You and I can find out what it is to have a thankful heart 365 days a year if you and I will find out what it is to be in the presence of God consistently. Look at Psalm 95, look at verse number 2. 
The Bible says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Look at Psalm 100. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. One of the many reasons that I desire to stay in the presence of God is to keep a thankful heart. Amen. Child of God, may we say tonight, may we understand tonight that you and I are traveling down a dangerous road when we travel down the road of ungratefulness and bitterness. I'll tell you tonight how you and I can break the ice off of our heart and our hearts become thankful once again. Tomorrow morning, get up and get in the Bible and get on our knees in prayer and the God of heaven will remind us of his goodness in our life and we'll find out what it is to have a thankful heart. If we'll find out what it is to be in the presence of God, God will remind us that one day we were headed to hell but God came by our way and saved us by the grace of God. He'll remind us that the Holy Spirit of God lives in us and has sealed us into the day of redemption. He'll remind us how we're secure in the Father's hand and no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand. He'll remind us how we've been justified in the eyes of God just as if we've never sinned. He'll remind us how this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. He'll remind us how God is our Father and we are His child. He'll remind us that everything we have, a roof over our head, clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, uh, is all because God gave it to us. And dear child of God, it's an impossibility. It is an impossibility to consistently walk with God and not come out with a thankful heart. Amen. Number one tonight, you'll have a thankful heart. Can I say if you and I will find out what it is to not just be in God's presence on Sunday and on Wednesday, but find out what it is to be in the presence of God daily. Can I say, my friend, we'd find out what it is to have a thankful heart. And if some of God's little children would smile at church like they smile on social media, going to church may be a delight instead of a drag. Amen. Number one, you'll have a thankful heart. Number two, Number two, look at Psalm 100. Look at Psalm 100. Look at Psalm 100. You'll have a thankful heart. Number two, number two, you'll have a song on your heart. Look at Psalm 100. Look at verse number two. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Can I say you'll have a song on your heart, amen? I guess it's been a four or five months ago now. I had an early pickup from the motel to take me to the airport. And the driver was going to pick me up about 4.30 that morning. And I always get up an hour early when it's that early to read my Bible and pray a little bit, take a shower and get ready. But this particular morning, I was wide awake at 2.30. So I just got up and I had more time to spend a little bit more time with the Lord and I opened my song book that I carry with me on the road. And uh, that, that particular morning, my song was, The Old Account Was Settled Long Ago. And I, I started singing that song in my room. And as the driver picked me up and took, was taking me to the airport, I, I began to hum it on the way to the airport. And as I was walking down the concourse to my gate uh, there at the airport, boy, I, I was just walking along. I wasn't singing it out. I wasn't singing it loudly, but I was just singing it. The old account was settled long ago. Uh, there was a time on earth when in the book of heaven, an old account was standing of sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below, but I went unto the keeper and I settled it long ago. Long ago, 
long ago. The old account was settled long ago. And my record's clear today for he washed my sins away. The old account was settled long ago. And I was singing that song and there was an elderly lady that walked in front of me. As I was walking this way, she was walking that way. And she looked at me and she said, son, she said, it sounds like you've been with Jesus. I said, ma'am, I have been with Jesus, but I'm thankful Jesus came and met with me this morning. Can I tell you, my friend, if you and I will find out what it is to consistently walk with God, we don't just have to have a song in our heart on Sundays and on Wednesdays when men can see us. And I'm not, I'm thankful that we get to sing in church, but my friend, you and I can find out what it is to have a song in our heart every single day, amen. Find out what it is to consistently be in the Word of God, be in a prayer closet, be at the house of God, and we'll have a song on our heart, amen. Not only will we have a thankful heart, not only will we have a song in our heart, but number three, number three, very quickly, we'll have a joyful heart when we consistently are in the presence of God. Look at Psalm 16. I love the Psalms, don't you? Look at Psalm 16. Look at Psalm 16. You'll have a joyful heart as you're consistently in the presence of God. I, I'm thankful tonight that I don't have to go to Walgreens. I'm glad I don't have to go to CVS. I'm glad I don't have to go down to the liquor store to find temporary uh, joy, temporary satisfaction. My friend, I found eternal satisfaction. I found eternal joy. And it's all from the Word of God and finding out what it is to be in the presence of God. Look at Psalm 16, verse number 11. The Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forever evermore. Dear child of God, you and I don't have to walk around life with the money grubs. We don't have to walk around in life uh, looking like we just got through drinking a big old glass of dill pickle juice. We can find out what it is to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. But the Bible very clearly says it only comes from the very presence of God. Amen. I think about those wise men over in Matthew. Herod sent those wise men to go and search the child Jesus out. And they left the presence of Herod intending to obey his command. And the wise men knew as they would go and search out the child Jesus, they had to follow that eastern star. And they knew the closer they got to that eastern star, the closer they were in the presence of Jesus. And the Bible very clearly tells us the closer they got to that eastern star, the closer they were to the presence of Jesus, some things began to happen in their heart. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You understand? When they knew they were getting close to the presence of Jesus, they got excited and were joyful. Look at Psalm chapter 12. Look at Psalm chapter 12. I don't know if I've ever brought this truth out. Look at Psalm chapter 12. Look at verse number 1. David said this. He said, help, Lord. Now, it would do us good just to utter those two words every now and then, wouldn't it? Help, Lord. I can't do it in my own energy. I can't do it in my own efforts. Help, Lord, that thing. Can y'all still hear me without the, Okay, I thought you probably could, amen. Let me put that back on because I want to get real loud here, amen. Uh, he said, help, Lord. Uh, uh, he, he, he was saying, basically, I, I can't do it in my own energy. I, I can't do it in my own effort. Look what he goes on to say. For the godly man ceaseth. 
Now, how do you and I become godly in this old wicked world? Well, we become godly in this old wicked world by reading God's book, amen, by finding out what it is to spend time with God in a prayer closet, by being at God's house. But David said, help, Lord. He said, for the godly man ceaseth. Then look what he goes on to say. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. Can I say, I, I, I've been in church now uh, almost 25 years, been saved by the grace of God, been faithful to church uh, these 25 years. Uh, and, I, and I've said, by a lot of people in church and boy they, 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 would, they, they would testify boy I love my church I, I, I love my pastor I, I love the ministry surrounding the church and then all of a sudden you find out that, they're, that they've fallen out and they're no longer in church they're no longer serving God can I say that didn't happen overnight I'll tell you where it happened it happened when they stopped walking with God and they stopped being in the presence of God and can I tell you my dear friend you may love this place with all your heart all your soul all your might but if you don't find out what it is to become godly in this wicked world, you may not find yourself here a year from now. Amen. We need God. We need to be in the presence of God. Can I tell you, my friend, you and I cannot lead our lives in this old wicked world. We must have the presence of God to lead us and guide us and direct us. Not only will you have a thankful heart, not only will you have a song on your heart, not only will you have a joyful heart, but number four, can I say there's contentment in the presence of God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul said in Philippians 4, verse number 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Hebrews 13, verse number 5, the Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. David said this, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Paul said in Philippians 4 and verse number 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. My friend, dear child of God, when you and I find, I understand this is elementary, I understand this is bottom shelf, but I promise you tonight, if you and I will find out what it is to consistently be in the presence of God, there's contentment in His presence. And our main goal and our main ambition in life will not be to keep up with the Joneses but our main ambition and our main goal will be to be what God wanted us to be in the first place and that is more like his son the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand tonight as we lay the foundation in Exodus 33 the children of Israel Israel's needs were met. They had all of God's provision. They had the sandals. They had the manna God provided for them. Can I say tonight, child of God, God takes care of us. I, I, I believe with all my heart tonight, I love America. There's still a tear that comes to my eye when I put my hand over my heart and I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. But we live in the most spoiled generation that America's ever seen. Those, those that are, that are quote unquote in poverty in America are part of the richest in third world countries. I was in the Philippines sometime. I've been to the Philippines many times, and I was riding with the preacher who was taking me back to the airport, and I asked him what was the greatest struggle for every Filipino, and he said, Brother Dallas, he said, the greatest struggle for every man, woman, boy, and girl in the Philippines is how they're going to get a bite of food for that day. And can I say, we have all of God's provision.
But I believe many a times we as God's children were saved by the grace of God. We sit in our lazy boy at home. We fold our legs. We, we, we cross our legs. We fold our arms. We look outside the window. We see the two cars in the driveway. We see the nice house with, the, with all the square feet. We see all the nice furniture. We go inside the closet and we see all the nice clothes. And uh, we, we can open up the refrigerator and, and food's falling out of the refrigerator because we have so much. And we say to ourselves, man, God is pleased with me. Can I say it may not be that God's nearly as pleased with us as God's just a good God to provide for his children. And can I say tonight, when you and I are facing a difficulty in life, God's provision won't get us through the night, but His presence sure will. Can I say tonight, when you're sitting at the bedside of a dying loved one, how much money we have in our bank account really doesn't matter at that point, but His presence will get us through. When we get the tough news at the doctor's office, at that very moment, how many square feet we have in our house really doesn't matter but His presence to get us through. God forbid this to happen to anyone tonight, but when Satan has a stronghold on one of your children and they become wayward, the bright and shiny car won't get you through the dark night, but His presence will. There's four blessings that come along with being in the presence of God. You'll have a thankful heart. You'll have a song in your heart. You'll have a joyful heart. You'll have contentment in His presence. And, and there's many, many more the Bible talks about, but we'll just talk about those four blessings tonight. Let me give us four closing truths very quickly tonight. Four closing truths about being in the presence of God. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. Look at Isaiah 53. Just a reminder here tonight. Look at Isaiah 53. Now we understand tonight God created man. Man was not evolved from a monkey. God created man. That man's name was Adam. God created Adam for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was so God could have a people unto himself for his pleasure to fellowship with. Adam broke God's commandment. He he, 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 he took of that forbidden fruit and because of Adam uh, uh, breaking God's commandment there was total separation from a holy God now to sinful man. But God loved his creation so much that God made a way to reconcile sinful man back to himself and that was through his only begotten son and the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. Look at Isaiah chapter 53. Look at verse, uh, look at verse number 5. The Bible says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was a prey and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth he has brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he openeth not his mouth he was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation for he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he had put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an 
offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Can I say the first closing truth tonight about being in the presence of God consistently? Number one, it exalts the Father. It exalts the Father when you and I find out what is consistently be in the presence of God. And dear child of God, God's purpose for your life and for my life is to walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. And when you and I find out what is uh, to stop the hustle and bustle of life and, and we just stop life for a little while and spend time in the Word of God and spend time on our knees in prayer and spend time walking with God and being in the presence of God, my friend, it exalts the Father. You know why? Because we fulfill His purpose for our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 21, verse number 13, be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so will we sing and praise thy power. Psalm 46 and verse number 10, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. It still, it still amazes me tonight. The same Bible, the, the, same, the same God, the Bible says in the Old Testament that the tabernacle could not even to contain all of his glory is the same God that wants to meet with us in a prayer closet in the morning. Not only does it exalt the Father, but number two, can I say tonight, it, ex it, it examines the flesh. It examines the flesh when we consistently enter in the presence of God. Our pride, I didn't say your pride, I didn't say everyone else's pride, I said our pride will deceive every single one of us. And our pride will make us think that we're a pretty good guy or we're a pretty good gal. But when we enter into God's presence, we're not going to be able to put on a facade with God. If we go to this book with sincerity and read it with an open heart and open mind, we're not going to walk away a prideful people, but we're going to walk away a humble people and realize that He is our Creator and we're His creation and we're dirty and the only way that we can be cleansed is because of Him. And the Bible, Paul, the, the Apostle Paul said this, he reminds us, he said this about himself, he said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. I want my prayer to be to God every single day. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Not only, number one, does it exalt the Father. Not only, number two, does it examine the flesh. But number three, I won't expound on it very much because we talked a little bit about it in Sunday school. But number three, it, it, it exercises faith when we find out what it is to walk with God and talk with God along life's narrow way. Dear child of God, the Bible says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. And it is displeasing to our Heavenly Father when His children don't have faith in Him. As we said this morning, God already knows what we need before we ask Him. And dear child of God, He did not make a way for us to walk with Him to see what we can get out of God, but to see what God can get out of us. And that is our love and our dedication and our determination to spend with Him. Turn your Bibles back to Exodus 33 and I'll finish. Look at Exodus 33 and I'll finish. It exalts the Father. It examines the flesh. It exercises faith. And number four, we'll find as you read Exodus chapter number 33, the Bible says that Moses met with God face to face as a man talked with his friend. And Moses finally got to the point where he said, God, 
if you don't lead us, then I'm not going any further. And you'll find that God said to Moses, I'll lead thee. But I want you to look at a truth here tonight. Look at verse number 9. The Bible says, And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Let me see. Look at verse number. Look at verse number ten. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped. Every man in his tent door. Look at verse number eleven. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. Now, I'm going to stop right there and just trace a rabbit for just a second. I, 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 love, I, I love how God puts that in the Bible. Joshua, a young man. Joshua was in his 40s, and God still considered Joshua a young man. So I'm convinced tonight God still considers me a young man. All right, that's the rabbit I was going to chase. Look at it. Look, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. You understand that tabernacle is a picture of the presence of God. And the Bible says Joshua, a young man, the son of Nun, departed not out of the tabernacle. He departed not out of the presence of God. You understand Joshua was Moses' servant. Joshua did not pick up going and getting into the presence of God by himself. I believe with all my heart Joshua he would see Moses go to that tabernacle day in and day out and he would enter into the presence of God. And can I say number four tonight, dear mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, older brother and sister, uncle and aunt, can I say number four tonight, when you and I find out what it is to consistently be in the presence of God, number four, it leaves an example to the future, amen? It leaves an example to the future. I, I, I'll tell you, I don't want to leave this next generation uh, with the thought that Chris Dallas knows how to win an argument on social media. I want to leave this next generation with the thought, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And it leaves an example to the future when you and I find out what it is to consistently be in the presence of God. Stand with me, if you will, all across the building. Stand with me, if you would, all across the building. The pianist can go ahead and come to the piano tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you 25 questions and get you to admit anything to me. I guarantee you tonight. There's two types of people here tonight. There are those that consistently know what it is to spend time with God day in and day out. You, you, you consistently open up the Word of God and you spend time in the Word of God and you allow the Bible to be a lamp under your feet and a light under your path. You consistently spend time with God uh, in a prayer closet and you have your prayer list and you, uh, you, you, uh, uh, you offer up uh, prayers uh, for people in your life, maybe family and friends. There's people that consistently walk with God and then there's those here tonight that perhaps, uh, perhaps maybe three types of people here tonight, perhaps the second group tonight, uh, you, you, you used to walk with God or maybe you walk with God two or three days a week. You spend time in the Bible two or three days a week. You spend time in prayer two or three times a week and then, and then you miss three or four days and then you pick it back up and you're not nearly as consistent as you want to be. Or maybe there's some here tonight, maybe you've been saved for such and such length of time and you've never developed a consistent walk with God. Dear child of God, God's purpose 
purpose for our lives tonight is to walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. You'll not know what it is to have a thankful heart. You'll not know what it is to have a joyful heart. You'll not know what it is to have a consistent song on your heart apart from being in the presence of God. Tonight, let's do this. As, as Miss Page begins to play the piano tonight, let's do this tonight. If you're physically able, why don't we just step out all across the building this evening and let's find us a place at the altar. And let's first of all, maybe just thank the Lord for the Word of God. Let's thank the Lord that we can access the throne room of grace through a prayer closet. Let's just thank the Lord that He even allows us to be able to enter into His presence. And tonight, whatever your need is, let's ask God to, God, would you help me to consistently be in your presence?